podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Naku Show. We are edge rushing it. Propo, his tail's up. He's on a roll. Me? Less sober. Hey, this is all about the comeback this week. Let me tell you, we're keying in on some big games from the week three slate. We'll have our Acker of the week, our Drew Locks of the week, and Propo will dust off some brand new prop bets. What is not to love about that? The next 60 minutes, some good old-fashioned football chat coming your way. Propo, I'm at, uh, I'm, I'm going to say it, I'm at crisis point. I mean, here we are. I'm 0-2. We all know the numbers of teams that start 0-2. Your beloved Bengal. I'm basically the Bengals of sports gambling right now. You actually are because your record last season was so impressive, especially in the latter stages of the season. But of course, you ended up losing your Super Bowl pick. Yeah. So you're pretty much exactly <laughs> reflecting right. the Cincinnati Bengals in the way you're acting right now and the way you're punting right now. But that, Nat, mm. all is not lost for okay. you or the Cincinnati Bengals because unbelievably there is a trend that suggests teams that are 0-2 going into week three usually bounce back in this spot. Great. They usually bounce back in this spot because it is season-defining. Teams that go 0-2 can still win the Super Bowl. <laughs> they in the Giants, 2007, Patriots, or 2001, uh, 2003. I can't remember. They both started 0-2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now going to win the Super Bowl. So you can still win the Super Bowl, Matt. But it's is crunch still time. possible. But it is crunch time. If you lose this week, the statistics go very much against you. I so, love this. I love this. Quite Machiavellian for Propo because are you bit you like G me up at the start, build me up, and then you suddenly throw in this whole pressure thing on me? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but the trends are all going in your direction. Since 2010, okay. NFL teams that start the season 0-2 straight up mm-hmm. have been 58% against the spread in week three. Mm-hmm. And over the exact same time frame, NFL teams that start the season 0-2 both straight up and against the spread, which is what you are, hit 62% against the spread in week three. So it means you have a very, very good chance going into this week. But at the same time, I'd rather still be 2-0. and <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you would, Mr. Cocky. We shall see whether you will go 3-0. and Basically, a solid stop. You're not just, of course, with your uh, Drew Locks of the week, uh, but your prop bets absolutely smashing it last week. So prop yeah, you say that, but at the same time, I was frustrated by the... Colin Sutton not getting in the end zone because he was so close and he had such a big week mm. that it felt like I was just on the wrong side, should have been on the over yardage. But instead I went with the touchdown, but I wasn't expecting the Broncos offense to be that abject. And it's funny, isn't it? Because it's 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 so humbling, NFL gambling, as as we find so frequently. Because I texted you that, what, straight after the Red Zone show, I texted you with <laughs> All of my picks I'd got right in the early slate. Alan Robinson scoring a touchdown within sort of yeah. five minutes of the first the first evening game. And then from that moment onwards, I didn't win a bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is it. So this was, I mean, I had had generally, obviously not my Drew Lock, but generally a, a pretty good bounce back week because my week one across the board was was cataclysmically bad. But this week was looking pretty good until we, well, our Acker obviously went off uh uh, off a cliff as well. Um, but generally it was pretty good. And then we got to, uh, then we got to Monday Night Football, which of course was my Drew Lock of the Week. I watched the first half of, of the wow. game 
And I went to bed thinking this is this is all she wrote. We're in business. We're back. I'm at 500. There we go. Zero points in the second half. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? Say it after me, Nat. Mm. I will never back Kirk Cousins in prime time. <laughs> Just say it after me. You're right. I know. I know. I know. Oh, Kirk. It's one of the great sort of mysteries of the NFL. It's one of the, I don't know what's going on, but yeah. it just doesn't really make any sense. That Kirk, I think he's two and 10 on Monday got, Night Football or in primetime. That I, is insane. And it makes got, no sense. A theory about this, you know, long time listeners of the show will know and love our, our Quarterbot strand going back, way back to the Americanish days, of course. And we've been rebooting Quarterbot quite recently with, with Ben Isaacs in the off season, having a bit of fun with that. The Quarterbot uh, now, years after retiring, comes back into the NFL as a coach. But on a similar vein, we always... Whenever we talk about Kirk Cousins on the show, we have to mention Mike McCartney as agent. Shout out Mike McCartney, the greatest agent in in the entertainment industry, quite frankly. I mean, the man has made him hundreds of millions of dollars and I can't quite work out how. Maybe that's, maybe that's the issue, that maybe there was some kind of deal, Faustian deal with the devil that Cousins made where you're going to make hundreds of millions being an average NFL quarterback. But here's the kicker. You can never succeed in primetime, which means you'll never win a Super Bowl. You'll never win a Sunday Night Football game. Maybe Cousins and McCartney took that deal. That genuinely is the most logical explanation that I've heard <laughs> for Kirk Cousins continuously sort of depressing the people when he is playing in primetime. Because, I mean, there were moments in that game where Justin Jefferson was wide open and he seemed to just find Darius Slay. He genuinely was almost like throwing it to the Eagles at yeah. certain points. And it's like you watch him in certain... There are certain quarterbacks where you really can understand how polarizing they are and how up and down they can be. Look at Carson Wentz. He's the second second most passing yards of the season so far. Look at Kirk mm. Cousins to go from that performance in week one against the Packers to go to that week two performance against the Eagles. And it is, I mean, if you were that sort of up and down with your job now, I mean, I don't know if you could be doing, like you can be doing what you're doing, you know? It doesn't make it's, sense. It's a really interesting theory. I, you know, I, I think about it a lot as well, you know, because it is so many different components to this particular story. And as you said, like one that you see a lot in across the world of sports, right? Why does a certain player make it to a certain level as opposed to another when the, the raw talent's there? And, and it's entirely logical that there is a shortcoming in Cousins' makeup, which seems illogical to us because, joking aside, in the whole McCartney Gag Society, he's an elite athlete that's made it, uh, you know, 10 years plus as, as a starting quarterback in the NFL and therefore has, amongst other things, very impressive mental fortitude. But maybe that's the flaw that you can have somebody who is typically strong enough mentally to succeed to that degree, but just gets is is aware of what is going on. It's prime time. It's happening again. And it's a little bit like the ridiculous narrative when, oh, Lamar hadn't won a playoff game and so-and-so hasn't done this in the playoffs. But if enough people are shouting it for long enough and then it starts to become self-perpetuating, it starts to happen, that then maybe it is getting in his head. Maybe he is the reason why those fine margin errors that are being made, the difference between a touchdown for Jefferson, a pick for Darius Slay, <laughs> quite a big margin in that particular instance. But maybe that's what it is. It's just in it, it's just in his head. It's become a self-perpetuating thing. And that's why, uh, and I'm going to hint here at my play in one of the games we're going to preview, one o'clock on a Sunday, Eastern mm. time, 6 p.m. here in the UK. I love Kirk Cousins. Ooh. One more, uh, one more trend for you though now, which is astonishing and it links to your um, Drew Lock of the Week because mm. I think 
most people would have expected. It ended up being a big Joes versus pros game, that one, which is the mm. over was the Joes and the uh, under was the pros. <laughs> and uh, we always say this, that you you usually side with the, the Joes with in the Joes. these circumstances. But at the same time, like again, pros only aim to hit 60%. And you you genuinely seem to be very good at picking out the Joes games where they're correct. Just from mm. like history of us doing edge rush, I've witnessed you do a lot of times where I've been listening to all these sharps kind of giving an argument for why they're going to back a certain team. And you usually, find the right Joe spots and it's just this one was uh, not necessarily your best but I still think you were very much hard done by by Kirk Cousins but the Joe so far because the Joe's pros games essentially is just mm. how you market is all the money is on one side but then all the tickets, tickets. So all the small bets yeah so yeah. all the small bets are on another side for example basically there was loads of small bets put on Philadelphia versus Vikings over mm-hmm. and then there was some big big singular large bets put on mm. the under which is that's mm. how you identify pros versus Joe's so far in those games, the pros are six and one. Mm, but I okay. think you could almost put this down to the fact that, listen to this now, and I'm interested to get your thoughts on how you react to this. The under currently so far this season is 21 and 10 and one. Wow. I mean, I, I hadn't looked at the exact numbers, but I figured as much when you put that into context the last couple of years, right? When it's been over central and we've cashed in plenty of times on that. So why do we think that is? Well, aren't, because that, that's a significant number, isn't it? It is. So my thoughts with this is exactly, it's a reaction to what we've seen over the past couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. You'd almost argue that it's the Patrick Mahomes effect. It's this idea that teams have been looking for more explosive offense, offenses, looking for those big plays. You can look at the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals, the LA Chargers. They've mm-hmm. all been teams that have been going for those big plays. And those are the ways that overs hit and sort of there's been a lot of turnovers. Those are other ways that... Uh, overs hit but now everyone's saying that it's almost a Patrick Mahomes effect in the reverse way you've seen mm. Patrick Mahomes kind of reining in his offense going mm-hmm. to check downs utilizing the run game a lot more because of this cover two deep look that right. the defenses are giving him a lot of these teams are inheriting this cover two deep look which mm. means that teams have to go to the shorter plays people have to go to the run game people have to yeah. check downs slot Adjust, constant adjustment yeah. evolution I think that's a really good point uh, I'm certain that's something to do with it I also think if you look at the very small sample size of two two weeks two games there has been some pretty abject quarterbacking, all in all. It was certainly abject if you look at, I mean, most notably Matt Ryan. Um, but across the even like, you know, Brady's under par. Rogers had that nightmare week one. If you look, there's been injuries, of course. Uh, so that drops out. So you had Cooper rushes in and he did fine. But, you know, it's a, so I, I think it, that kind of makes sense. There's a more conservative, modest uh, approach for different reasons and, uh, and just a, a Overall, with some exceptions to the rule, some middle of the pack or worse quarterbacking. Let's talk Vikings Lions first, then. Yeah. Um, so, as you said, this game kicking off six o'clock UK time. So, yeah. piling in on the Vikings. The just we're concentrating a lot on Kirk Cousins and the Vikings offense or and the lack of it against the Eagles. But what about the defense? Jalen had 333 passing yards. Uh, and, a, and a touchdown, two more touchdowns and over 50 on the ground. They allowed a hunt. The Vikings, this is 163 yards on the ground, 34 carries. So sure, there are problems. There were problems with them week two offensively, but defensively, how concerned are we about this this Vikings unit? And Harrison Smith concussion, so he'll be a concussion protocol for the Lions game as well, so keep an eye on that. How worried are you about that against the Lions side that can mix it up? 
Uh, I am very much concerned about this Minnesota Vikings defense, I thought. And also they were kind it's one of those things where you notice it in week one, where obviously on paper, it looks like they had a strong performance against the Packers. But realistically, that was just a weak performance by the Packers offense and a weak mm. performance by the receivers. If Christian Watson carry, catches that pass and goes and scores a touchdown, how different would that game be? And that ooh, had nothing ooh, to do with uh, the Vikings defense. On that, though, I, w- I wonder if Vikings fans say if Irv Smith hadn't had the drop. Is that a would that game of Would that game have changed? It probably would because it probably would have given Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins the confident, confidence to go on and make throws. But at the same time, I think when you're just looking from a just a defensive perspective for the Minnesota Vikings, they got away with one there. And that mm-hmm. meant that on paper, their defense looked a little bit better than it actually was in that game. And I think they were found out by the Eagles. And I think it's especially concerning when you realize that the Eagles are going to try and run the ball. They're going to try and use Miles Sanders. They're going to try and utilize Jalen Hurts with his legs because that is where his strength is. He's definitely a stronger runner than he is passer, but he's improving with the passing game and he's opening up that avenue for him and his team as well. Mm. At the same time, the only reason why I won't read into it too much is because... Philadelphia have one of the best offensive lines in football. And mm-hmm. when you saw how much time Jalen Hurts had, you saw how much protection he had, you saw how big the lanes were for Miles Sanders. So I guess the Minnesota Vikings defensively were poor. And I think that is a concern going forward. It's a good sign for anyone who wants to back overs in the Minnesota Vikings games going forward. Mm-hmm. I think because I don't think their defense is as strong as their offense. I think the offense was the bigger issue in that game, all things considered. But at the same time, I think that the Vikings, I think they were found out a little bit on Monday Night mm. Football. I think they were sort of shown to be this, the team that they are, whereas the mm-hmm. Detroit Lions, Nat, probably one of the favourite teams in the NFL right now. Oh, I, love, I mean, I'm sure everyone's seen the Dan Campbell giving Skipper the ball in the locker room afterwards. If you haven't, just go and seek it out because in the world right now with all this doom and gloom and, and negativity, it'll warm the cockles of your heart. So Skipper's a, a jobbing guy that's bounced around. I think he said six different teams, you know, been on practice squads, made his first NFL start, got given the game ball by Dan Campbell. You saw the reaction from his teammates. What I loved about this though, not just that propo, but... Then Campbell put him out to face the media and he did, you know, he, he, he was there, it was his night. And I don't mean that patronizing, hey, it's your big night. It was an incredible night. I love stories like this when we all concentrate on, inevitably, on the, the superstars in this league. Uh, and, and rightly so. They are in it, prime time, week in, week out, making the plays that make the game we love. But the amount of players that are bouncing around in the lower reaches of a roster and, and and beyond and often overlooked. And when one of them comes through, breaks through and has, and you think about these guys who've been playing football, almost all of them, all their lives, you know, from peewee, they're the stars in high school, they make it to college, they make it to the pros. That's just an incredible achievement. And they're in this nether region of uh, exactly as Skipper was. And then, and then fate, happens and and he gets a start and he gets a moment but Dan Campbell illuminating that moment and emphasizing that moment I mean I, I, everybody lo- loves this Matt I, I can't I, I don't think anyone could be watching the Lions right now not just Campbell as well in his coaching team but the way they're playing they're just exciting to watch they're they're flawed but they're they're, they're as they were last season right they're gutsy they can be effervescent at times they have players that are clearly a lot of other teams have stronger players on paper, but they're playing up. Jared Goff was balling last week. So yeah, I love the Lions. I love watching them. Yeah, I think 
I was listening to TJ Hawkinson speak about Dan Campbell the other day, because obviously he was a player who was brought in by Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia was the one who had all the faith in TJ Hawkinson, but he said as much as he has respect for Matt Patricia, the thing about Dan Campbell is he used to play, he's played in every aspect of football. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been a tight end. He's been bouncing around the league. He's gone to several different teams. And that is, he has utilized all the information he's gathered at every team he's been to and really looked at how you can get the best out of different personalities, how you can get the best out of different players. Mm-hmm. And you can see that with the way that he uses this Lions team, the way that he speaks to this Lions team, the way that he does press-ups with this Lions team. <laughs> he really doesn't care about anyone else and what they think he's going to yeah. do this his own way, yeah, utilising yeah. all the experience he has and the insane level of passion he has for the game and he has for winning and he has for his team and his players. And it is so infectious when you, you see yeah. him do that. He inspires everyone. You would literally run through a brick wall for, yeah. for him. And we've seen that as being such an integral part of any successful coach as we, Christian Scotland, mm-hmm. Williamson right. was obviously on uh, TalkSport on Sunday, going to be a part of the team all season, will be on this show very, very soon, I'm sure. He was saying that it, it didn't take him long to realise that he would run through a brick wall for Mike Tomlin. You asked a very poignant question, which was, what does that actually mean? But I think it is just when someone has the capability to entice you to do exactly what their plan is and to really sort of buy into their vision just because right. you see how hard they work and how much they want this. It makes it hard for you not to replicate and do the exact same thing. With that all in mind now, and the fact mm. that everyone clearly loves the Lions, you just said it, who doesn't love Dan Campbell? Who doesn't love the Lions? Who doesn't love this Jared Goff resurgence? Who doesn't love Amon Rasson Brown? Who doesn't love DeAndre Swift in this very, very impressive looking run game? That's why I'm going to bet on the Vikings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to clip that last uh, 30 seconds up and send it to Dan Campbell. I know probably, but can you imagine yeah. you go viral in the locker room after the Lions win against the Vikings? <laughs> Guys, I want to play you something from a British show. <laughs> Loppo's face on a giant screen. <laughs> Listen to what this guy had to say about us. We think about that. Um, you're going to go Vikings. Okay, so let's look at the numbers on this then. So uh, the Vikings, I imagine, significant favourites. Uh, the game's in, in mini, right? So Yeah, the, ga- the game's in Minnesota. The, the spread was at minus seven before Monday Night Football. Mm. And then, as you can imagine, after that performance, it came immediately down to six. Mm. And the number seems to be flirting. We're going down to five and a half, potentially Ooh. going back up to six and a half. Because again, everyone's going to be coming in on Detroit. All of the money currently, all of the money and all the tickets currently are coming in on Detroit. Really? So, yeah, which is impressive. But again, Nat, they are, the Lions have gone 13 and six against the spread since the start of 2021, since Dan Campbell mm. has been the head coach. That's the second best record behind the Cowboys in the NFL against the spread since the start so of why are you bucking this trend? Then? So if all the money, as you were saying earlier, the Sharps are coming in behind the the line, well, the Lions covering and the, the precedent is set, why do you fancy the Vikings to buck that trend? It's just, you've got to buy low, sell high. And this mm. is the perfect point. I don't think anyone, there, there's always moments where in a season, I think there's probably, you could probably pick out two or three moments in every season that Kirk Cousins has had in the NFL where everyone is suddenly completely out on him, when everyone is incredibly low on him and he's always managed to bounce back. Mm-hmm. Then he's not going to miss wide open looks at home with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen on his team this weekend. I just don't see him doing it in back-to-back weeks. You also look at the Detroit Lions. Yes, they've been very impressive on offense, but they have been absolutely 
abysmal in terms of defending the run. They've allowed mm. 304 yards and five touchdowns to running backs so far this season. And I think with Dalvin Cook not necessarily having that strong start to a season, he's going to be very much motivated to come out and run mm. all over this Lions team. I think they'll be able to dictate the clock. I think the most uh, astonishing part about this game though, Nat, I'm definitely on Vikings minus six just because of the fact that I think that's where the value is at this point. I also mm. think that people are just going to continue betting on Detroit. I think that is the public mm. way to spend because why wouldn't you after what we saw last week? 99% of the money, mm-hmm. 93% of the tickets over over 53 and a half. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Not, I don't think I've seen that on an over. That is quite something, but you can really understand why because both of these teams seem to be much, much stronger on offense than they are on defense. Yeah. You could easily see this being a shootout, but I just see this being a shootout that the Vikings win and dominate by being able to mm. run the ball more. And also I think Justin Jefferson's going to go off. Going to go off. Yeah. Thielen hasn't had much happening in either game, so he could he sneakily step up as well. I mean, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Swift on the ground for, for the Lions against this Vikings run D. I don't know if that's worth a, maybe that's a, I don't know whether you got that in your proper bets later on or not. You, no, you haven't got DeAndre Swift in there. All right. I might have a look I've at that. I've got a special for my prop bets this week, which is Ooh. running backs to score a touchdown that haven't scored a touchdown yet this season. Oh, I like that. I like a theme. Darvin Cook's one like of them. I would tell you that. Cook Darvin is Cook is one of them, 100%. I think that he's going to have a huge game against the Lions this week. Oh, okay. I like the sound of that. Maybe I'll put him in my DFS side. Incidentally, FFS. Uh, me, the Guru Sandrini Propo, making a, a cameo appearance on that as well. That is uh, out and in the vaults. So get set for that. Join our listener league. There's all kinds of prizes. We gave a jersey away last week. We're giving away tickets to uh, Broncos, Jags, at Wembley. So go and check that out. FFS are fantasy. Not brand new anymore, is it? So a new fantasy show, I think we're calling that. All right. So that's a good start then. I think well, I, I'm with you. I, I like the Vikings and certainly under a touchdown. I like the look of that. Uh, are you going to play the over as well then along with... The I think I'm going to have to. I think just for the ride more yeah. than anything. It's a shame though, because we should uh, preface this, Nat, that it's going to mm. be an interesting... 6 p.m. slate for me because I'm going to be at Jets Bengals. Of course you are. You're so propo on the road uh, at Jets Bengals. So... Well, I know it's not one of the games, featured games we're doing, but are you, are you feeling confident the Bengals? I mean, they're in the same hole as me at, at MetLife. Four and a half points is the line. What are you saying? What odds would you have given me that I would be going to this game before the season that the Jets would have a better record with Joe Flacco at quarterback than the Bengals? Better record. Yeah. And, and worried, even despite that, I'd imagine worried that you could go 0-3, right? Exactly. That's yeah. the thing. I mean, it is, as we've said, you are, you are living sort of embodiment of the Cincinnati Bengals so far this season. And it is, it, I have to say, it is nerve-wracking, but it adds quite a lot more to the game. I feel like I'm almost yeah. going to like a Super Bowl preview for yeah. the Bengals because <laughs> that's how much is riding on this game. I'm going to be in the press box. I'm, I'm going to be joining in and dialing into the show on Sport 2 for the game. So I'm going to have to be professional, but there is, it does feel intense. It does feel like there is a, a huge build-up. There's a lot of pressure surrounding the Cincinnati Bengals right now. There's a lot of talk. You know, it's because of the fact that they we made the Super Bowl last season, it suddenly means that we're sort of mainstream in the media. Joe Burrow is mm-hmm. one of the focal points of the NFL that gets everyone talking, that creates discussion points. And wow, are people really going in on Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals this week? I mean, that performance against the Cowboys was really, really bad. And I completely understand. You were weighing in on it on WhatsApp. We were about it as well with me. So are you going, are going to go to the locker room afterwards or are you just staying in the... In the so I think I'm going to go to the Jets locker room. I'm not sure I can go to the Bengals locker room. I need to work it out. 
now. I need to look try at get my, a qu- um, Try and get a question in about, uh, depending on how the game goes and the Bengals start and my uh, and my uh, Drew Lock starts, just try and get a question in and see, see find a kind of random like backup O-lineman. Yeah. <laughs> They'll always talk to you and uh, and try and get something in about the Drew Lock of the week. All right. Well, good luck with that. That is TalkSport. Uh, incidentally, we're rolling live NFL coverage on the radio all season long. We're going to be doing all the London games. Uh, live from Spurs and from from Wembley. Uh, you mentioned Christian Scotland Williamson, the former Pittsburgh Steeler. Phoebe Schechter is on the show this week. Our, our uh, preview show. If you haven't checked that out already, go and uh, check that out in the vault. So, uh, great guest, great lineup, and uh, all season long, every Sunday night, uh, watch the games with us. Now, let's talk. Speaking of which, Broncos Niners will go to next. Really, really interesting piece um, by Nick Cosmister on the Athletic uh, about the Broncos. Lots of fascinating stats and numbers in there trying to unpick what is happening right now and bear in mind me and mike talked about it on monday's show and it's everybody calm down it's a couple of weeks let's not write them off yet and and by that i mean as well nathaniel hackett has been very earnest and forthright in his assessment that's on him and he's just adjusting to life as a head coach and we've got to bear that in mind that there are this deliberation obviously is is one of the big issues but it's a brand new quarterback a brand new head coach both in a brand new environment this can happen however experienced russell wilson is but there's more to it than meets the eye and this is uh cosmist's uh, point in the athletics so so far this season the broncos have had five fourth down plays in the opponent's side of the field right in a one score game so you're with me so far so it's not a fourth down and backed up on their own 15 inside enemy territory one score game. How many do you think they've trusted to Russ? Uh, well, it's definitely they're all of them, isn't it? None. None of them. Five times, fourth down plays in the opponent's side of the field, one score games. None of them have been given to Wilson to take it on. On top of this, listen to this. But then I was going to say it's really interesting because then did you not see them when they were in the red zone last week and they had, then they have six, uh, goal situations where they're first, second, third and goal, first, second, third and goal, where they trusted all of them with Russ. Right. So so that's really interesting. So, yeah, really, really interesting. Listen to this. The Broncos have lost more EPA, so that's expected points added, due to offensive penalties mm-hmm. than any other Denver team since the year 2000. So they had, I mean, they're just throwing things away. I mean, they're throwing things away. So this is my take on Denver. On the basis, you believe that Wilson still has it. And there are there are some people that suggest that he doesn't. I don't think necessarily the same vociferous bunch about Matt Ryan falling off a, a cliff. Um, but there are some people that are suggesting the mobility is not there anymore and he's regressed overall physically. But let's assume you're not in that camp and you still believe in Russ. Russ's raw attributes and, and ability as a quarterback. This is going to revert to tight. The Broncos are going to be fine. This isn't going to continue to happen. Hackett and Wilson will work it out. It's teething problems. They'll get more disciplined. Those the errant flaws when you're throwing away stupid, uh, stupid penalties, giving away stupid penalties will regulate. And I think they'll be fine. I, I think everyone's getting carried away about the Broncos' demise far too early. What's fine? A playoff side. I know. Really, it's, I, you think they'll make the playoffs? Still, I still think they'll make the playoffs. Yeah, I do. I don't I, think they will anymore. Yeah, I just let's think... have a side. Let's have a side bet right now, Propo. Yeah, an edge rush an edge rush side bet. So, okay, I 
I'm saying I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl. I'm not saying I still think they make the playoffs. And you're saying they're not. Week week two, we're going to call it. Yeah, I don't think they make the playoffs purely because they haven't even played a divisional game yet, and they're one on one. Mm. I think you've lost the Seahawks. That's a big loss for an AFC team, realistically, considering how strong certain AFC teams are looking at this moment in time. Yes, the AFC North is underperforming, but I would still consider the Bengals and the Ravens to be a better team than this Broncos team. Are we talking about the actual playoffs? Are we talking about your 16-team AFC playoffs? <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, wise guy. So, uh, well, we'll talk 49 Okay, let's do it quickly, okay? okay. You're, right now, who are your AFC playoff teams? <laughs> let's do it. Oh, my God. Okay. I am going to settle the Bills, obviously. So you're going to yes. have Bills, Chiefs, definitely in there. Bills, Chiefs. I'm going to go... Who's winning the South? Mm, God. Uh, oh, Jags. man. Maybe. Oh, my God. I mean, who is winning the South? Yeah, literally, who is <laughs> winning have, the South? Can you have zero playoff teams? From Red- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, probably the Colts still. I mean, yeah. this goes back to whether you whether you think Ryan. I don't think Ryan's. There's a good piece by Ollie Connolly on Ryan. He's definitely in the forget about it. He's done camp. I'm not sure that they are gonna collapse in the way that some people do. I guess the Colts, but who the hell knows? But only one team from that division, surely. Yeah, maybe, maybe the Titans. God, okay. I'm saying either Colts or Titans. I'll come back to that. All right. In the West, uh, well, we said the Chiefs. I'm saying Broncos in the West and I'm saying Chargers oh, I as the well. Rays, but I think Chargers. Yeah, I think there'll be three from the West. So three from the West and then who's coming out of the North? The Ravens. Just the Ravens. Mm, how many t- teams have I got left? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm trying to work out. So you've got three teams from the West. Yeah. Then you've got the Colts slash Titans. Yeah, that's four. Then you've got the... Bills, uh, five. Bills, yeah. Dolphins. Maybe I maybe I'll come back to it depending on because <laughs> I don't know because I think what well, I think it's going to have to maybe be eleven and six right for a yeah. wild card. So to be fair, I mean you actually don't have that many at this point moment. There in time. you so, go. I so what I, then Ravens? So then Ravens, and then you've got one more, which is so what? Either so it could be Bengals. You, you want me to say the Bengals? I mean, it could be I don't know the Bengals. Well, the I Browns mean, also. Yeah, the Browns uh, could easily be in there. Uh, well, you don't think? Yeah, but I think uh, they're gonna. Uh, I don't know. They've got a relatively easy schedule leading up to that Deshaun Watson return, and then I think when he comes back, it's gonna be as much as I don't I want for it, it to be the case. Okay, so you think the Broncos? Although will be actually, a I wouldn't team. mind it if if that does happen and the Browns get to the playoffs and Watson's all smug and ah oh, the Browns for oh, look at us and then they get absolutely shot. Yeah, that would be that is ideal in prime time. Yeah, that would be. That would be perfect. Yeah. No, I think it is. I think that I just don't know whether the Broncos are a playoff team. I just think that they look, they just don't look like they've got an identity. And I know it's early in the mm. season and they might establish that sort of week seven, yeah. week eight. But I just think that with the competitiveness in the AFC right now, mm. I think that other, t- other teams are going to trend in the right direction quicker than them and find their feet quicker than them. And I think that that's a concern for the Broncos. I thought that... Look at their schedule though, Old. So this is something to yeah. bear in mind, right? So oh, 49 is obviously this week and, and that's there's probably a seminal game in, in my projection. The Raiders, I think it's winnable. Division, but winnable, right? Uh, the Colts, well, yeah. Okay, Chargers, a tough game. The Jets, the Jaguars, the Titans, the Raiders again, the Panthers. They've got a decent schedule. They do have a decent schedule, but the way that they're playing right now, the way that they played that Houston Texan team doesn't necessarily fill me with confidence that they're going to be able to beat teams like Jags and beat teams like Jets that convincingly. Like, I just don't see them as 
it does feel like there's a lot more parity in the NFL right now, doesn't it? It does feel mm. like you it really does. Like, yeah, like looking at the schedule, looking at certain teams going up against each other. You really can't say for definite that each team that any team's going to win a certain game unless it's the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs. At yeah, this point, yeah, yeah. they're the only yeah. two teams that you'd think, God, they definitely are going to steamroll certain teams in this in this league. Other yeah. than that. Mm. I think it's very, very tough. And I think that the the bookies are really probably making the most out of it because it has been such a difficult sort of yeah. scene, uh, to judge so far. So true. I mean, and looking at the slate and uh, putting, you said, like Kirk Cousins in primetime, I'm getting panicked now because of my, all my seasons on the line, week three, Drew Locke. But yeah, th- there are so many, it's happened last week. There were so many games where we were saying, oh my God, this is just so, so tight. Uh, on, on the 49ers Broncos, Jimmy G back, of course, for, for the 49ers. Another really interesting stat that I was looking at previewing this game. So since 2017, in terms of eligible quarterbacks, so I don't know precisely what the criteria was, but I assume you've got to have a certain number of starts and start a certain number of games. In terms of EPA per play, yeah, and quarterbacks since 2017, so the last five years, top three quarterbacks in the NFL, EPA per play, Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. Drew Brees, and Jimmy Garoppolo. How about them apples? Really? And is that just... Um, I mean, you can kind of understand that. If you think about even win game percentage, Jimmy mm. G must be pretty yeah. high considering yeah. the, the deep runs that the 49ers have had in the playoffs outside of that year where they were just completely derailed by injuries. Like, it makes sense. He's been a part of winning teams. Mm. And that's because he doesn't necessarily make glaring mistakes, but he doesn't necessarily do what a team needs to kind of take them the extra mile. He's not he's almost the best or, of that uh, bunch, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he is. He's the, he's the kind of top tier, uh, sorry, top of that second tier it, it, when he's on song that there is clearly a ceiling. He doesn't have that X factor that, that uh, well, the players you just mentioned have, but he is as complete a quarterback as, as you could hope for, minus that X factor, right? He's just composed, he's smart, he's experienced, he's accurate. He's got a decent arm on him if it's not an absolute cannon. I mean, yeah, he's he's uh, a, a, obviously a solid all-round player. Does he, it's a question, of, well, you look good like you're asking. Yeah, me. I've got a question for you, which is what I found really perplexing was on Sunday is mm. you've just witnessed probably one of the most uh, gruesome injuries we've seen so far this season with what I think I know what you're going to ask me and the players were like quite hyped about hey Jimmy's back hey it's our buddy yeah I thought that too it was that is I mean that if that's not an indicator that Mm. this team wants Jimmy G as their quarterback and quite sort of strongly I don't really know what it is obviously we're assuming to a certain extent but at the same time usually when you witness your quarterback your star young quarterback go down with a season ending injury that's going to kind of deflate a team but when Jimmy G comes in and he scores that first touchdown and everyone's going absolutely nuts genuinely I find that uh, that's a serious alarm bells for how much faith yeah. and how much his teammates actually like Trey Lance on this offense. Well, I think I think the two are slightly... Yeah, well, like, I know what you mean. Like, I know like Jimmy G's method, the most popular guy the in the room, but at the same time... There is that. There is if that. you really think your ceiling's that high with Trey Lance, yeah. you're still not that excited to have Jimmy G back in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you see, I don't think anyone... Uh, the Good Morning Football guys were, were, were hammering this point, and rightly so, that we just don't know, right? And it's going to be another year. Schrager was saying this, I think it'd be another year now. We just don't know. We're going to go into next off season. He was saying with almost identical narrative to this season. What do they get? What they got with Trey Lance? Where are they? Is he, is he, we don't know if he's going to be good enough to play uh, 
to play in the NFL as a starter to to lead a contender, which is obviously what the 49ers, what any team wants, but this particular incarnation of the 49ers expects is why they made the move. I was always surprised about the move and we, we, we talk about it at length and I wrote about this earlier in the season for, for the times, this enduring fascination with what makes a Super Bowl winning quarterback. There are outliers and exceptions to the rule, but typically if you look at the quarterbacks over the last 30 years that have won a Super Bowl, they're great players, most of them, right? With with a couple of exceptions to the rule and outliers and uh, not the golfs and the Garoppolo's that get to a Super Bowl, but will win it. But then you look at the flip side and the absolute fine margins, like do both of those players had the shot to win the Super Bowl for their team. And you say, well, the reason they didn't do it was because they're not great players. But actually, really, do we think that? Or was it just, you know, you replay that and Garoppolo makes that throw and, and so on. So I feel I, it's really interesting you say that, man. I felt exactly the same thing. Like, okay, he's got mates in the locker room. They've been through a lot together. And he's he's been ha- treated quite badly. I guess there's probably that side of it mm-hmm. too, that it's, it's good for him, good for him bouncing back when, you know, he was discarded effectively, right? And the NFL throws up these stories and, and opportunities like they did with, with you know, Cooper Rush you know, on, a, on a smaller and different level. But hey, good for him. He handled himself well and he's got, you know, got a shot. At, he'll start again. He, if he does well, then maybe he'll parlay into a starting gig somewhere. So it's always good to see that upside of a story like that. But it was odd timing, as you say, when it's a season-ending injury to a player when carted off and, that's a teammate. You must, you know, but Hey, uh, we think that they are going to be stronger this season, right? With Garoppolo. What about this game? So you're obviously not buying much on uh, with the Broncos. So do you fancy the 49ers for the win? Uh, I would probably be leaning towards the 49ers if I was going to make a play on the sides, but I Mm. think there is, as you said, there's too much unknown surrounding the Broncos. And I think the fact that they're at home, not necessarily, a massive fan of playing them against as a as a playing against them as a home underdog. I'd probably mm. be home dogs. You kind of always want to be leaning towards realistically. Um, and I just don't think that I'm strong enough on the 49ers and Jimmy G. Like again, I thought they were mm. almost riding off hype and also how bad the Seahawks were last week. So I don't know how much you can read into that. Mm. But what I have seen from both of these teams is two very, very strong defences. And I think mm. two much stronger defences than offences. And I think what you're going to see for the 49ers, what do we know about the 49ers with Jimmy G? They're going to run the ball mm. a lot. They're going to put the ball in their running back's hands a lot. They're going to put the ball in Demo Samuel's hands a lot. And I think that's what we'll see. There's a lot of clock chewed. And as mm. you said, I think that with Russell Wilson, they were put, I just think they were choosing run plays and pass plays at wrong times almost. It just looks mm-hmm. like Keith Hackett got in his own head. And I think we'll see Keith Hackett, the English referee. Maybe Keith Hackett is in Nathaniel Hackett's head. It is earpiece. That's why he's delayed because the connection's bad. Keith, come on. I'm not, we got to, we got to go, Keith. <laughs> um, kick the field goal, Nathaniel. <laughs> oh my goodness. Imagine seeing English referees. On the side as NFL head coaches, that just, Mike Dean would be one of the most entertaining NFL head coaches of just, all time. Would they be in a little bit up where the co- you know the coaches up in 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 the uh, in the gods? Would there be just a little little English football referee section? I would just like to see conversations between English referees and NFL head coaches. Like, what do you think Mike Dean and Dan Campbell would talk about? <laughs> well, based on what Christian Scotland William told us about Mike Tomlin. 
maybe they'll I reckon, the pub. yeah pubs yeah. decent pubs in in london when the the lions come over yeah i um i oh, well, we i want to spin off on that i like the Keith idea Hackett. of i can't uh, believe i just said Keith Hackett, Keith Hackett Hackett in, so Nathaniel Hackett said, just like uh as our friend tom deacon would uh would attest having uh mick mccarthy and what's he gonna cooper rush to do cooper throw the ball right um i think so nathaniel guys, hackers in his own head so i am going under, under 45 under. and a half yeah. 49ers Broncos I'm a big fan of this I think we've seen it so far this season most of the games are low scoring I think the only reason this number is as high as it is is because the 49ers crushed the Seahawks last week and I think everyone is expecting a bounce back from Russell Wilson but I just don't see it I think from what we've seen from these two teams so far this season is they're better defensively than they are offensively and I think the 49ers are really strong defensively so I think that they'll be able to keep it close I think this game's got 2017 sort of 23 7 written all over it uh the unders king of plumpton strikes again i love that i absolutely love that call i do not want to go near either team on this uh frankly at the moment i, I still maintain as, as we talked about i still maintain the broncos will make the playoffs but do i want to back them in this mm, even at home i think they'll regulate but i don't feel confident enough to go there but unders love that love that Right, we got a better rattle through. We've got a lot of ground to cover. So Ravens, Patriots, the other game we want to talk about quickly. Are the Patriots being disrespected, Propo? Uh, at home, three-point dogs. Uh, yeah, but kind of understandably. Have you seen their offense so far this season? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it has yeah. been the amount of oh-no throws, as I call them, that Mac Jones has had mm. so far this season is almost countless at this point. He seems to make quite a lot of mistakes. It does seem like the offense still hasn't been sort of fine-tuned. Obviously, as you pointed out on the show last week, Kobe Myers came out and even said last week that there's a lot of confusion on the offense, and I still think you can see aspects of that. I think the one thing that we all always see from Bill Belichick's side, though, is that they play hard. They have good special teams and they're very solid defensively they give everything for the New England Patriots and I think the Marcos has always got I, I love the fact that Belichick is one of the earliest vocal uh, supporters of Lamar uh, that's always been quite telling for me that Belichick is pointed in his mm. praise for Lamar and how special a player he going back to the to, to his rookie season right or you know when he was start first starting and he's they've had the better of him, right? So as in Lamar and the, the Ravens, now there are lots of factors more than just the Belichick scheming and trying to trying to contain Lamar. But that is interesting, I, I think, that that battle, I'm really fascinated in, always fascinated watching the, one of the great minds, uh, maybe the greatest mind of of, of uh, his generation, certainly, and, and, and possibly of all time in the NFL, up against an effervescent quarterback that even with the smartest defensive mind in the business still just doesn't quite know how to contain uh, that is all. so I'm as a result of that again really on the fence with this because you're right I think that it's logical the Patriots will regulate the same principle to a degree as I apply with the Broncos right that this offense should get better week on week on week I think there are big big differences of course outside of the, the enduring coordinator coaching issue there is it's slim pickings. You mentioned Jacoby Myers. We talked about the Colts receiving core. We talked about the Colts receiving core a lot this week. I mean, I think the Patriots have amongst the weakest receiving cores mm. right now. Um, they can't seem to get the ground game going like they want. Uh, I um, I am leaning Ravens, but worried because of the Belichick factor. 
I think that's the the thing with this, isn't it? Um, is that the Baltimore Ravens last week was a freak loss. Like they gave up four touchdowns right. in the final quarter. Right. And offensively, they had 8.8 yards per play, which was the biggest of any team last week. And they were plus two on the turnover battle. Like the defense in that final quarter has to take complete responsibility for that loss. And it was a banged up secondary. I mean, the cornerback mm. who caught, uh, who Jalen Waddle caught the final winning ball over I think was like their fifth sixth choice he was a rookie that they really weren't expecting to play this early in the season yeah. nonetheless this has been a consistent problem for the Ravens we saw it last season we saw it against the Bengals in both games where because their depth at secondary isn't strong enough it means that they really really struggle when the likes of Marlon Humphrey go out of the game and that necessarily mm. isn't good enough you need to kind of be prepared you know you're going to get injuries in the NFL so you need to kind of be prepared for depth and that's a big big issue for the Ravens so keeping on the injury report does look like they're going to get Ronnie Stanley back at left tackle one of the best left tackles yeah in the game so that should help the run game which hasn't necessarily been as strong as everyone thought it was going to be this season so I do expect positive regression from the Baltimore Ravens I don't think you're going to see a similar level of issues that they had last week defensively at the same time though as you said as a home underdog New England Patriots under Bill Belichick are seven yeah. and three since 2003. Mm. The thing I take away from that stat more than anything is that since 2003, they've only been a hundred <laughs> <Yeah>. 10 <laughs> times. That's which a great is point. Actually wild. Yeah. Actually wow. wild demonstration to how unbelievable Bill Belichick's tenure in New England has been. At the same time, it all, all of my knowledge now and everything mm. that I've understood going into this season, everything that I've seen from the first two weeks, whether it be that game against the Dolphins and the game against the Jets and both the games for the Patriots. Mm. You really, really feel like there's no way that New England should cover this number. Yes. Like a plus three because of how great Lamar Jackson is playing. Yeah. Because of the fact they've got Ronnie Stanley back because of the fact yeah. that their run game is likely to get better and the fact that New England's offense is horrendous. They're averaging 12 points per game and Baltimore averaging 31 points per game so far this season. Yeah. I'm going to take the New England Patriots. It's oh, just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wait for the three and a half because I think mm. the three and a half is going to come. Yeah. I think that's a key number. But it's just, I'm going to really test that mold of mm. when you really, really, really think. Like when I sometimes look at the opening lines and I look mm. on a Monday morning and I see, sometimes even on a Sunday night when I'm watching the late game and I look at what the lines are and I, I, I look at it and I go, oh, Baltimore minus three against New England. Mm. That's a that's a lock. I'll take that every single day mm -hmm. of the week. And then I, I've had to force myself to wait because I know that usually my initial thought is the wrong one because the market will be setting that for you. They will be yeah. setting for you. yeah to take that. And also, yeah. before the season started, this game was a pick'em. Mm -hmm. So this game was a pick'em. And yes, but we knew New England were going to be bad offensively and good defensively. Mm -hmm. Well, we thought Baltimore were going to be the complete package. Oh, we yeah. thought the Baltimore Ravens were going to be unbelievable on both sides of the ball. We have mm -hmm. seen a poor Baltimore Ravens defense. They haven't been able to get pressure to the quarterback. And the secondary has looked suspect, especially obviously against the Dolphins if they are banged up and they lose Marlon Humphrey. So why, if Baltimore is slightly worse than we thought they are, why would they suddenly mm. be laying three points instead of it being a pick'em? So that's mm. where I think you spot the market and you say, do you know what? I'm going to follow the bookies on this one. And if it gets out to three and a half, I'm going to play half, New England, sure. even though I'm convinced that Baltimore are going to win this game. You know, three is a key number as we always talk about three and a half. It, it, I mean, it's a compelling argument. I, I, I get it completely. Uh, this was my runner up to Drew Locke of the week taking the Ravens and the only reason I have, well, you've added, you've talked about the kind of sharp and the setting uh, or the bookies being sharp and setting the line um, to suck you in. 
but it, it's a Belichick factor. It's singularly yeah. that thing fascinates me. That that battle fascinates me. That can he scheme this defense to contain them to that to to that degree? And I think it's highly possible. Like I wouldn't bet against that. That's, no. that's why I'm not betting against uh, the Patriots and and back in the Ravens. But they were it's super close for all the reasons. If they win, it's one of those games. Or if 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 the Patriots eke out. Uh, you know, twenty to seventeen victory. Would I be surprised? No. No. If if the Ravens kick off 40, and it's thirty-eight, yeah, exactly. Yeah, would I, be I wouldn't surprised be surprised. No. no. But uh, but I'm not going to have as much Drew of the week. I am going to go in there now before I before I get cold feet and tentative. Now you might argue here that I'm making uh, the same mistake, a typical Joe mistake. Uh, maybe there is the same logic to an extent to apply to this game as there is to the Ravens Patriots game insofar as every way you look at this, you can't see a different outcome, but, 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 but I have conviction that out of all of the slates, this is the one that I feel strongest about. So it has to be my Drew lock of the week. And I know everyone's down on the Colts and I know everyone is saying they're done. And I know that it, you look at the numbers, it isn't as clear cut in terms of the chiefs covering the spread over the last couple of years for what we look into teams from two years ago that are basically entirely different to the teams we're backing now. And, you know, my thoughts on that, but under a touchdown, under seven, this chief side is balling. I am going to go all in on Mahomes and the chiefs minus 6.5 against the Colts. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously, it's one of those where how do you bet on the Indianapolis Colts in this, in this game after what you saw from them last week, what you saw from them in the opening game. Offensively, they look almost broken. Michael Pittman's not guaranteed to come back. You're playing a wide receiver for the ball. Yeah, I pretty much, I could probably play a wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts and I think I'd do it. That's actually why I'm going to America. I'm not going to watch Jets Bengals and cover that. Gonna, I'm actually going to go. Get a head on over after Jets Bengals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm actually going to be the wide oh, no, They're receiver. both kicking off at six o'clock. Yeah, yeah. they're both there. Okay. But interestingly, the money actually is, isn't reflecting that it is, um, a pros versus Joe's game. Because oh, okay. I just don't think, yeah, because I mean, the cash is, the cash and the tickets are essentially the same. I think everyone, I think, do you know what it is? The pros are all waiting for the seven. That's what they're all waiting for. Because yeah. you're seeing money coming in for Kansas City. Mm. And I agree that I, um, I think that there's no way you can bet on the Colts. And I think you have to back the Chiefs in this spot. But the fact that the bookies aren't moving it to seven is my only other fear because I just think that they're inviting mm. you to bet on the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's mm. the only other avenue I can look at it. But at the same time, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you now. As I said, the 0-2 record, the uh, stats are with you. The trends are with you. They're suggesting that you should have a bounce back week. I'm, I'm just worried. I mean, look, Ryan is struggling. He doesn't have receivers the ground game they can't rely on. We know this Chiefs offense is going to put up points on anyone and, and particularly the way that the Colts D is playing right now. You know but what I'm scared of? I'm just scared of it's just a backdoor cover. Oh, the backdoor cover. Yeah, that's 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 a good point and it crossed my mind and I also feel that it just feels too... It's the one I have the most conviction about. Maybe these two points are connected but it's also the one that just feels... Everyone's... You know me, everyone's down. Like the same thing with the Broncos. I'm not backing the Broncos for the playoffs to try and be hipster and contrary. Uh, but I do feel there are sometimes these deafening narratives that are oversimplification and it worries me that everyone has written off the... Writing off a team this early on to the most part is folly. Uh, there are some yeah. exceptions to that where there are some teams you know are just going to... Uh, dysfunctional, done. But 
I don't, like we under Arda, who's winning the South? Like we, the Colts could still win the South. Right? I don't think we can say this Colts team is done. And yet, because they were cataclysmically bad last week, it just feels that maybe it's too obvious. The Chiefs are amazing. The Colts are terrible. Of course, they're going to shellack them. But I just look at the matchups across the field, and I think they're going to they're going to take care of business comfortably. Ah, <sighs> what do I do? Propo. I'm actually because the thing is that wasn't going to be your Drew Lock, was it? No, it wasn't going to oh, be okay. my. It wasn't going to be my Drew Lock. Um, I wasn't looking at that game. I was potentially looking at the under in that mm. game. Was one of the things I've been looking. What's the at. Total I've been looking. There? The total's forty nine and a half. Mm, okay. Like realistically, with what we've seen from the Indianapolis Colts so far this season, are you really expecting them to put up what twenty points against this Kansas City Chiefs defense? I'm not sure you are, unless obviously with Jonathan Taylor. That's the only fear with this game is if. If Jonathan Taylor, if they actually utilize him in this game and they just put the ball in his hands consistently and they sort of chew clock and they run the ball down Kansas City Chiefs' throat, if that works for them, then that could be a threat for the Colts yeah, against the yeah. Chiefs. And it feels like they've kind of moved away from that at the beginning of this season, which has been at the core of their issue. So that's my only fear with this one. But again, that leans towards the under. I don't mm. I don't really know why that number is as high as it is, to be completely honest with you. But at the same time, I'm not sure I'm convinced enough for it to be my Drew Lock of the Week. Mm. To be honest with you, I can I can tell you what I've been looking at. Um, for, there's three picks that I've been looking at uh, to decide, and I'll take all of them, but it's just which one is my Drew Lock of the Week. Mm-hmm. The under 45 uh, mm-hmm. and a half, San Francisco 49ers, Denver Broncos. I see that game being insanely defensive, realistically, and I think that that's a good spot. The Rams to beat the Cardinals. I just think McVay, mm-hmm. I'll take McVay over... Cliff Kingsbury any day of the week. And I think that people are overestimating this Cardinals team after last week's performance when realistically that was inherently reliant on Murray Miracles. So mm-hmm. I don't think that's sustainable week in, week out. Whereas this Los Angeles Rams team, everyone's down on because they obviously mm-hmm. had the blow against the Bills, but the Bills and the Chiefs are by far and away the best teams in this league right now. Yeah. And also against the Falcons, I don't necessarily view that as an abject performance. I just thought they were, that was a team sort of stepping their foot off the gas at the wrong time and being complacent. And if there's one thing that we've seen is that will motivate the team going into next week to really go in. And yeah. Make sure this is a complete performance. I don't, I, I really like the Rams. I've got to say yeah. as well, they were, they were in my one, two, three, the Ravens were second and they were third. And the other one, is the Jags plus seven against the Chargers on the road. Ooh. Why? Why is it? I just don't understand why this number is still plus seven. You've got a banged up Justin Herbert. Yeah. Yes, the Chargers were impressive against the Chiefs, but they still didn't win the game. They didn't necessarily blow out the Raiders either. They didn't look incredible in that spot. But whilst you've got a team that hasn't necessarily... Uh, been that impressive compared to what everyone thought that as they were going into the season but you've got mm-hmm. a Jacksonville Jaguars team that has definitely impressed compared to what they're going yeah. into I don't understand why this line hasn't necessarily it's moved strange seven and Lawrence is looking good I mean he's yeah that's what I'm it, saying right? I really like this Jacksonville organisation at this mm-hmm. point so I mean those are the three that I Come on. am you're going the under are you you're the under's I... king of Plumpton oh, yeah I'll take the under I don't want to force you, Propo. I mean, I feel like I've, I've corralled you. Do you know what? It's, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because I... I ah, do you know what I really wanted to do was take an under in the early slate? Because then I don't... It's the first time I wouldn't have to watch it. So I could just go, <laughs> go to yeah, the Jets-Bengals yeah. game and have a good time no matter what because right, I won't yeah. be able to watch the game. So I was yeah. kind of hoping that... And I do like a couple of those ones, which is the Saints-Panthers under 40 and a half. I think that's a, a decent mm. prize considering how low bad... Number, those low but, number, Yeah, very low number. That's that's the only issue you have with that one. And then also the other one is under 39 and a half of the Cowboys-Giants. I think that's a an interesting one just because those two... Oh, teams, I like the over in that. I like the absolute, no way. absolutely... Wow. Like 
slightly point. over in that. It's so low, and I think it's underestimated. They're gonna the, the Cowboys will pound. Well, I know you'll say they pound it, then it'll lead up the clock. But I think they'll they'll be able to get a lot of traction with this Giants D on the ground. And I reckon, yeah, thirty nine. I'm looking. I'm definitely looking at that as an over, a sneaky over. Okay, give me the 49ers Broncos under 45 and a half. I've got to stick with the unders. Lock it in. Yeah, lock it in. Oh, that's what I'm going to do as my Drew Lock of the Week. The Acker, though, we might as well do this Acker because we've Let's kind of it. spoken about each team. So mm. the Acker, I'm going to go Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, like it. Because I really do like them to win this game. Kansas City Chiefs, because yeah. I don't think they lose this game um, realistically. But obviously the backdoor cover is a threat. And then the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings to beat the Detroit Lions. I like it. I like it. I what think those that? three. So that's just below two to one. Oh, that's a good Acker propo. I like that. We need to back in business with the Acker. We do need to be back in business with the Acker. It's a tough <laughs> game to pick straight up. I have to say the week, I mean, even just ever mm. to put this into uh, perspective for everyone, like obviously you will, you and Will Gavin are without a shadow of a doubt, despite the fact that obviously we joke and we laugh, like two of the most knowledgeable, pe- knowledgeable people on the sport in the country. That's why you guys speak on it so um frequently and you're asked to be NFL experts and as much as we can laugh and joke that that is a fact I can guarantee that you two are NFL experts in the grand scheme of the UK public and you guys I mean Will (laughs) is four and out of 16 picks so far this season I'm not doing much better and you're seven seven so seven out of 16 so I'm I'm just under 500 so you're seven out of 16 and yeah, there has been some absolutely bonkers games. There've been some bonkers games. I mean, that uh, I mean, even my my Drew Lock of the week in week one was the was that Panthers was the Panthers Browns game. I mean, I mean, just the Jets. Uh, there's been some ridiculous games going on. I mean, ridiculous I know that, games. That, that rubs both ways because I had the Finns plus three and a half. I mean, it would have come in anyway, right? Irrespective of the end and 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 the final Miami touchdown. But I had them last week and for a significant part of that game, that was a, just a, a dead in the water bet that suddenly kind of came in. I mean, it's just ridiculous. There was a um, there was a podcast I was listening to, like a, a, one of the sort of professional gamblers. I can't remember what the name of the podcast was. It was just one that kind of came on. Mm. And uh, they, were, they were in Vegas in a sports book and they were sitting on a table next to a professional group of bettors who needed the Browns to win to finish off a parlay which would have brought in 800 grand oh man <laughs> imagine oh, bad imagine oh. imagine like, I'm concerned about losing 15 quid you know <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing I wonder if that they the equivalent if they're, if they're professional gamblers it's all relative they're betting just insane amounts and winning and losing like um like when you go into a casino and those guys that are basically putting a chip on every colour, yeah. every number on in roulette. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, oh, you've got a big stack there, but you've just, you've just blown. So if they're spending those kind of that kind of money, it's like when you hear some outlandish long shot bet comes in. Oh, you know that yeah. person's that made person just, a billion of those bets and that they've exactly. probably just broken even with that. Just yeah. broken even with it. Yeah. Uh, far safer to go with propos prop bets of the week so let's wrap on that where are you going this week yeah so as i said basically what i'm going with this week is i'm going value spotting and that is with running back touchdown scorers who haven't scored so far this season i've already mentioned dalvin cook i love that matchup against a detroit lions team that can't seem to stop the run so far this season my next one is yes i obviously know the bengals have had a rough start to the season but this is again all about matchup the jets allowed three rushing touchdowns to nick chubb last week even though one potentially was on purpose because that was what allowed them to win the game eventually Uh, i love the way nick chubb had to come out and say well i just didn't think we would lose from that point which is completely fair enough being uh, up two touchdowns 
with what win at 43 left on the clock. But yeah, Mixon seeing a lot of the ball in this Bengals offense. He had 19 carries last week and has already caught 10 of 13 targets in the passing game. And considering he hasn't scored a touchdown yet this season, I think you will get value on him going into this week in New York. To another player who hasn't scored yet this season, you mentioned him on FFS with Sandrini. Austin Eckler is scoreless this season, but his usage implies that won't last long. 14 carries, nine receptions last week means he is still a focal point of this offense. And with Herbert being banged up, I think they're going to go to longer drives, more check downs, try and get into the red zone, run it up the middle, utilizing Eckler as much as they possibly can in the red zone. He's got so many touchdowns last season. He can't surely go three weeks without one. So I like Eckler, Mixon and Dalvin Cook. I expect those to all be around evens, probably mm-hmm. to score a touchdown, maybe just slightly below, kind of similar to what you would get from a normal price of a side or a total. So you mm-hmm. can kind of move them. You can put them in a couple of acres, maybe a Trixie or something like that. Cause I expect at least sort of, I hope to go two and one this week, at least the comeback kids, uh, which is very much what I am shooting for <laughs> week three of the NFL. Brilliant stuff. Bropo. Uh, you mentioned FFS. We talked about Iron Mike's Monday show, Phoebe Schechter and the uh, preview show, all that good stuff floating around the NC show ethos so go and check it out four shows a week all through the season enjoy New York propo yeah have you got any recommendations oh loads I will um, I will ping you a bunch how long are you out there for so I'm going I land what Thursday 3pm and then I leave Monday night going to Red Sox Yankees on oh, Friday amazing. night amazing yeah and then Saturday uh, I'm playing five side <laughs> Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah, no, I, have, I managed to find a five-a-side game in New York. How did you find that? Is there footy addicts there? Yeah, there's a footy addicts there. There's like a version of footy addicts there. So my uh, my friend said that he's convinced. I've actually been offered two games. That's how much I'm associated with five-a-side. I've been offered one on the Sunday and one on the Saturday. Oh, my, that sounds amazing. I re- Well, I tell you what, first tip straight off the back uh, is get a brekkie, like a late brekkie brunch at Sedell's in Soho at... S-A-D-E-L-L-E-S, one of the best breakfast joints in town. If you can schlep on over to Williamsburg as well, find a better time to do that. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff happening there. I'll, I'll ping you a whole bunch of other stuff as well. But yeah. yeah, exactly. No, I'm very, very excited. I don't really actually have a place to stay because it's mm. actually fallen through, which was uh, actually staying with a friend, but he uh, doesn't have a place anymore because I think the renting situation out there is a mess. So it's going to be very do? much what surf you do, surfing. Proper? Yeah, surf I know, just surf, surfing. Maybe try and just see if Joe, what time Joe Burrow lands could drop him a text yeah. I'll stay with him <laughs> Joe Joe yeah, who Joe, was that guy Joe it was like making the Super who was, Bowl Joe who was it the yeah. Super Bowl who was it it was uh, was it Austin Eckler Austin. <laughs> yeah, Austin. Austin 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 but, yeah, see if Austin could hook, could hook you up um uh, uh, thinking about it yeah. Let hey let's chat after the show because I think uh, I think I'm just trying to think who's out there at the moment but I've got a hotel on the Sunday night and then I've got mm. a friend that I can stay with for the first two nights, but then that friend is having a house party on the Saturday night. And <laughs> oh, what's not the love of that? Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. That would be great until yeah. the moment where I realise I'm staying at the house party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know that moment when you're like, okay, God, this place is an absolute mess. Uh, oh, wait, I actually have to sleep there. You have to sleep there. And it's 5am and you just want to get, at least I get a few hours sleep and it'll be, hey, let's watch Weekend at Bernie's too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no. Have you seen, oh, do you know what I mean by Weekend at Bernie's? Absolutely no idea, but I laughed anyway. Of course you don't. Oh my God, that's got to go into our Gen X, Gen Z next one. Weekend at Bernie's, what a a great film. Uh, I can't believe it, gang. Uh, But at the same time, I'm not surprised the Probo doesn't know that. Uh, Follow us on social, at the NC Show, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Still no TikTok, but watch this space. All right, Propo, good luck. Godspeed. Check in with you next week. All the best. 
Social Podcast Network.